Welcome to the Short Rod Show. You got Ben here. And you got Brett. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We're on our fifth episode here uh, recording this uh, today. We've had just so much good feedback uh, so far in uh, interacting with everyone online, uh, seeing our download count go up every day uh, just by leaps and bounds. So we really appreciate you guys listening in. Um, I think we're we're doing a little bit better each time, and we're having a good time doing it. Yeah, it's been really exciting, especially keeping up and seeing as the download number climbs. So if you haven't kept up, we dropped those first four episodes kind of as a bundle together just to kind of get people listening to it. Um, so this first this episode number five is actually kind of more of the a live episode where we uh, hopefully we'll be dropping that one this week, and we'll continue on a weekly basis from here on out. Yeah, what are we talking about today, Brett? What's our topics? Yeah, so today uh, it's raining, and the ice is going to start getting pretty sketchy. If you had any ice that you could get out onto, so uh, we're going to touch on ice safety, uh, talk a little bit about our experiences and the safety equipment we carry with us, and then also uh, ice season's coming up real quick here in central Iowa, so we want to talk about some things that we still need to prep, get ready for, and a few things that we've prepped for already this, this past week. Awesome. That sounds good. Coming up after the break on the Short Rod Show. Hey there, guys. If you've been over to our website lately over at shortrodshow.com and like what you see, you should get in touch with our partners over at Evergrow Marketing. They're a digital marketing agency that works primarily with landscape and lawn care businesses, but they also work with guys like us. They can help your business show up on Google and also get you a lot more customers through their unique digital marketing methods. Reach out to them over at evergrowmarketing.com and make sure you mention that Ben and Brett sent you from the Short Rod Show podcast to get an additional 10% off your first bill. Ben and I would really like to thank our listeners. Since we've aired this podcast, we've gotten an unbelievable fan response. We just want to remind you guys where you can reach us at shortrodshow.com. You can feel free to email us or follow our newsletter. You can also find us on any of your podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Facebook, The Short Rod Show. And anytime you see those five little stars, please hit number five. Welcome back to The Short Rod Show. Thanks for following along with us through the break. We're uh, talking ice safety today. So it's it's always something that is is at the top of everyone's mind as we go through on early ice, especially seeing the, every year just uh, news stories of people falling through the ice, whether they're out there uh, just by themselves or maybe they're on a quad or a snowmobile early yep. ice um, and then following through the rest of the season guys falling through uh, with pickups and wheelhouses and just all kinds of crazy stuff oh yeah um, every year it seems like you hear somebody uh, especially up on clear lake that somebody's driving on the ice before a lot of people really feel like it's safe and everyone's kind of like oh that's kind of makes it cringe a little bit oh, but yeah. yep i mean all you can do is educate um you you can't do much more than that. The truck's already out there. Yeah, people are going to do what they want to do, but hopefully uh, our listeners aren't going to be those people that are falling through the ice, especially after listening to our episode today where uh, we just want to bring some personal experience along to the ice safety discussion. You know, a lot of times it's, it's pretty uh, it's pretty cut and dried from the DNR uh, sources, which are which are really good, but uh, just throwing in some personal experience um, yep. I think is important as well. So, so Ben, what uh, out of all your ice safety repertoire, what is your number one piece of equipment that you never leave home with? The number one thing now would be a spud bar. And if you guys don't know what a spud bar is, um, do some searching around uh, on Google or, or check out a couple of the different products. Basically, it's a big pry bar, um, you yep. know, a heavy metal bar that's got a chisel point on it. 
Um, and you're going to use that as, as we're going out early ice, you're going to be stabbing as you go, checking the ice depth as you walk out on a lake. It's really important to check it as you go and not just assume that it's okay. A couple stabs, um, right along the shore and you think you're good yep. and you you take four or five more steps, you get out on the lake, um, a little bit further and you're not, um, yep. ice conditions, as everyone knows, they can change all, all over the lake. Um, it can be all over the board. So that spud bar, we got those a couple of years ago. That was a huge deal yep. uh, that now I will never go out without one. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I use it more mine. I take it every time uh, and I use it as a walking stick more than anything. And I've gotten in the uh, practice of making sure that I throw it out in front of me where yeah. when I first had it, you're just kind of walking along and you're just kind of stepping with it yep. where if it's thin and you step with it, you're going to, your, your foot's stepping right in it. But make sure yep. you kind of throw it out in front of you. And I've I've had that before where I, I'm walking and walking and it's fine, fine, fine. I throw it out in front of me and all of a sudden it goes through. Yep. There's a reason. Um, and then that's where that strap comes in handy. Uh, a lot of them come with a strap at the top. Wrap that around your wrist because if you do go through unexpectedly, a lot of times that bar is going to fall out of your hand. Um, you got gloves on. You're cold. You're not really anticipating on it going through, but then it does. And that that rope kind of holds Yep. or that strap kind of holds it on your wrist. Yep, absolutely. And and there's lots of different options out there. Um uh, we have the more of the cheaper option. I think yep. it's just the we're talking about that um uh, the other day, just the Mills Fleet Farm special, like yep. maybe fifteen bucks. It's Fleet um, Farm Orange. It's Fleet Farm Orange, it's got a nice chisel point on it, but it's a pretty solid bar. Um yep. and just walking using that as a walking stick. That's for sure my number one uh ice safety tip. And get to know your your spud bar. If yep. you're if your spud bar is really light, maybe it takes you four or five hits. Um, to get through, you know, two inches of ice that you know is not safe. Whereas a heavy bar, you might punch through on that first yep. stab. And depending, sometimes they got different tips. I've seen someone that some of them that almost have two tips. Ours just has a kind of a stator step type of a tip, so it's only got mm-hmm. one main point tip. Yep. Um, so I've seen different ones, and I've seen guys make their own. You can weld up a piece of heavy half inch rebar and yep. a, I don't know, just a kind of a spade point on the end, and I mean, you got yourself a spud bar. So. Uh, there's really a lot of options, and there's really, in my thought and and experience, there's not really any excuse not to carry that spud bar with you at least. Yep, absolutely. Because out of all the equipment we'll talk to today, that's really the only one that's keeping you out of the water. All these other ones that we'll talk about are options once you're in the water. And so to me, that's why I agree with Ben that this is the number one yep. piece of equipment. And uh, what, what I did to mine just to modify a little bit is kind of cool just to do a scale in a paint marker on the side. So you can go from the chisel tip at the bottom. Uh, once you get through the ice or you're, you're punching a hole or you're, you're spud bar in a hole, um, you can grab the lip of the ice and lift up and see your ice level uh, marked yep. in inches. So you can use that to measure ice, measure fish. Um, it's just really handy to, to say, okay, I know I'm on four inches of clear ice. Or I'm yep. on, you know, five inches of cloudy ice. Well, what's the difference? Why, why does that matter? Well, that's, that's a good question. So really, in, in all cases, the strongest ice is always the clear ice. Clear ice, black Crystal ice. Crystal clear ice, black ice. You can see right through. Um, that's always the strongest ice. Um, once you start getting this ice that's got some maybe some bubbles in it, some cloudiness to it, yep. um, it is it's not as strong. And that occurs a lot of times when you get a lot of freeze thaw. So I'd, ima- I'd imagine the ice we have right now, realistically, it'll probably melt off. But if it didn't melt off, yep. the way we're getting rain right now, that's going to make cloudy ice um, because you got one layer of ice, 
you're going to get some water on top of it, and then that'll refreeze, and then you get air in there, and then that's what makes it cloudy. Um, yep. Another thing that I always try to watch out for is uh, don't walk on if, – if there's a lot of snow drifts or something on the ice, it's still fairly early ice, so you got some pretty clear ice or glare ice, but um, there's a lot of snow drifts. Walk around those snow drifts because a lot of times that snow will insulate the ice, and under those drifts, the, the ice could be quite a bit thinner than the than yeah. the ice that's exposed to the open air. Yeah, that's a good tip. Um, and I didn't used to do that because it used to kind of, you know, it kind of makes you clench up when you're walking through super clear ice <laughs> and you're just like, oh gosh. Uh, when in reality, that's the best ice. But um, yeah, when I was younger, I used to almost try to walk on that yep. snowdrift ice just because, or that cloudy ice because I felt like I had a floor underneath me. It freaks you out, yeah. otherwise. And yeah. I wasn't. It didn't feel like I was just walking on water, and that kind of made you clench up. And, a little and bit. clear ice can be really deceiving too. If you're looking at ice and it's super clear, it could be two inches deep, it could be 10 inches deep, yep. and it's really hard to tell. So that's that's where uh, that spud bar comes in handy. You know, two, three hits, solid hits, um, hard hits into the ice, you 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 can start to feel com- more, a little more comfortable with yep. um, going out on that ice. But um, what's, what's the next thing that you'd recommend, Brett? Um, my number two is definitely the ice spikes around your neck. Um, I mean, they're they're super cheap, especially um, for the amount of safety that they provide and the cost. Yep. I mean, I think I picked up my their fray bill set for like two or three bucks, yep. um, and they just clip around your neck. Um, sometimes a little coily thing will pinch my neck hairs a little bit, but uh, <laughs> otherwise they work out pretty well. And they're really kind of you don't really even notice them once they're on, and yeah, just make it a habit of throwing them on it. And that, that's for if you fall in, that's yep. going to be what's going to help you get get back out, claw your way back yep. out, stab them into the ice, and pull yourself out. Because if you're on glare ice and you fall in and you get water on top of the ice, we've all seen it where the, the ice gets super slick if there's water on top yep. of it. So just imagine when you're in the water trying to climb back out, and now all of a sudden that ice is just extremely slippery because you got water on top of it. Yep. Um, those picks are really going to be the only way you can get out by yourself. And and disclaimer, we haven't fallen through the ice. No, thank goodness. Uh, we've we've managed this far uh, to avoid going in the water, which is really good. But uh, you know, some of you guys, I'm sure, have gone through, and that's a pretty tough experience. I mean, looking back in my experience of ice fishing, I'm probably blessed to not have fallen through Absolutely. the ice because yep. uh, we'll get into some of that after we talk about the safety stuff. Yep. Um, the the next thing, definitely just getting around on the ice that helps keep you from uh, falling down, hurting yourself, would be yep. some ice cleats. Yep. I'd say that's got to be number one injury is people slipping in, yep. bruising a hip or an elbow or breaking a forearm. or that's. I mean, I do it every year. Even when I have the cleats on, I'll still fall sometimes. <laughs> but every year we see people out there just skating around, yep. barely getting out, um, you know, running from hole to hole and just – Almost biffing it every time. Well, and it makes it just so much easier getting around on the ice having those cleats because you can actually get traction, uh, especially when you're pulling huts or you're doing anything like that. You're not slipping and falling and that sort of deal. And it never fails that you're going to slip and fall when there is a group of people around you. Yep. And they're going to laugh at you every single time. I do it. <laughs> you don't when I see people fall, you know, I'm like, oh, I hope it's okay. Then you see him get up and then you laugh at him. You're like, all right, yeah, he's, he's okay enough. Yep. Yeah. Ice is, ice is pretty hard to fall on. So that's, that's definitely a good thing to have. Yep. Um, talking, uh, recovery methods too. having a, having a set of rope. Yep. Uh, a length of rope. rope. It's uh, so cheap. Yep. Such something so easy to keep. I mean, I see you got a length of rope right there in your, uh, pocket of the otter. It, I mean, a couple bucks, everybody's got a piece of rope, paracord, really anything, 10, 15, 20 foot just to keep. And this is one of my biggest fears is I'm going to be out there. You see someone go in the water and you have no safe way of helping them. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just kind of a dreadful feeling. 
Um, so if you just have a little length of rope, you can at least toss it out to them, help them out. And the, and the ice around them, if, if someone breaks through, you know the ice around them is sketchy. You don't yep. want to be out there trying to uh, walk up to them and have you fall in as well. Yeah, then that's a double them. bad situation. Yep. So having a throw rope, um, talk a little bit about your throw rope setup this year. Yeah, so my plan this year um, is, is to upgrade my uh, Eskimo a little bit. And what I want to do is, so I, I, I usually carry just a piece of nylon throw rope with me anyways, uh, but sometimes it gets forgotten or it gets misplaced or you take it out while you're cleaning and you forget to put it back in and then you're like, oh, shit, I forgot to put that back in. Um, so what I want to do this year is um, right now my Eskimo just has two holes in the sled and you know how they, they come from the factory. They're tied knots on the end of the ropes. Yep. They go through and you pull them. Well, my plan is now is to take a little bit of one-by-something, put that on the back end, and run some eye bolts through the front, and then carabiner my pull rope through that. That way I make sure I always have it because I'm not going out on the ice without a pull rope. Otherwise, I can't pull my sled out there. Um, and then if I do see someone in trouble, I got those carabiners. I can clip them off. I can either throw it out there to them. And then what I think will work out really well is then they can wrap that around themselves, wrap it underneath their shoulders, carabine it together. That way, you know, if you're in the, if you've ever been real cold, you don't have a lot of strength or grip in your hands anymore or your arms. If you start to lose some of that ambidextry or whatever that word is. Yeah. Uh, we know what you mean. <laughs> it provides that added bit that where we can really start pulling on it again. So um, that's my plan anyways to get that set up here in the future. Awesome. That'll be good. Yeah. Just, just having an extra length of rope on your sled to pull anyway is just a good idea. Yeah. Versus the, the, the stock rope that they give you, which is like a little tiny paracord. Piece basically. of 10 foot cord. And yeah. yeah, it doesn't get you anywhere. And it cuts into your hand while you're pulling it out there. Yep. That's pretty difficult to use. But yeah. So, and then the next, I guess, next cheapest option to carry with you out on the ice is a life jacket. Mm -hmm. um, and then right along with life jackets, then you get into float suits and that sort of stuff. But with the life jacket, you can throw it to someone. Yep. Um, you can use it. You can use it for your dog. If you take your dog out with you, they can sit on it to keep them off the ice. You, your kid can sit on it. Um, there's just a lot of uses and handy bits to have that uh, life jacket. Or I see a lot of people use it when they kneel down mm -hmm. um, on the an ice. extra pad. Yep, an extra pad. So it's just a handy piece of a gear to have out there with you. Or one of those uh, the square pieces, those square uh uh, yep, the in, the life jacket throw. The life throw deal that you throws. have to have in every boat. Yep. So, yeah, those things work well. Or you can tie your rope onto it when you toss it to the person, give it a little bit of weight so you can have some cool. direction to throw it. Um, and then, yeah, float suits. What do you run for a float suit, Ben? I know you're, you're I'm, I'm big on the float suit. I, uh, it was a really cool uh, piece of technology that came out maybe, I know, in the boating world they've been around for a while, but had to have a specific ice fishing floating suit. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, and Stryker was one of the first ones that came out with that. I remember seeing that at the the uh, Hanks Ice Show yep. probably six, eight years ago um, when they came out. And they're very expensive at the time. I mean, very low quantity. Hardly yeah. anyone had them. Um, and now they're a lot more mainstream. So, you know, you can go to Shields and find sales on them. You can find you sales can find on them for 100 bucks. Yep. yep. Uh, but just having some type of flotation uh, suit. Um, it's just some extra peace of mind. Yep. Um, they claim that it'll help hold your, your head up above water, whether you're just wearing the, the bibs or the bibs and the, and the jacket. The jacket. Uh, but having, you normally have one or the other or both on at all times when you're out on the, out, out on the ice. So yep. it's some added peace of mind. Um, I, I run the predator suit around in central Iowa here. It's, it's plenty warm. I've never had a time where I'm cold in the no. suit. 
Um, it's pretty impressive the amount of uh, insulation they have in there to keep you keep you out of the uh, the elements. Besides just being a nice uh, added safety feature. So yep. And I run the. I just have the bibs. I've got a Fraybill. What are those? The iFloat bib or whatever. They're all black. They've got some reflecting on them and stuff. I haven't tested them. You know, obviously I've never been in the water yet. We talked about last year trying them out in the summertime, but we never did get in. Yeah, get I don't want to get that. out there now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just that added bit of peace of mind. I mean, don't don't push the limits, but it it just gives you a little bit of added bit of safety. And then I don't have the jacket. I just run my normal duck hunting jacket. Um, and both of those, yeah, plenty warm. There's, I've never had an instance. I've been out sitting on a bucket at negative two degrees, and yeah, yep. As long as you're bundled up, I've never had an instance where I felt like I was getting cold. Yep. My toes get a little cold, but that's just because I buy cheap boots. But <laughs> that's a whole another story. Yeah, that's a whole different deal. Let's talk a little bit about what we consider to be safe ice. What are what are some of the uh, the different ranges of ice depth, Brett, that you're comfortable going out on? Yeah, uh, yeah. Usually, I get. Early ice, you know, you get excited, you get the itch, and you hear about all these people going out real early, and then there's all the other folks that are saying, oh, you can't fix stupid, don't be out there, don't be doing this and that. Um, and it, it really just comes down to what your safe, your safety level and comfort level is. Um, and to me, I'm not all that worried about how thick the ice is, and, and that's just through experience of having my spud bar, is if I can give that ice two real good hard hits and I don't go through, I feel very comfortable being out on that ice. And that's typically three inches. Um, is if I hit it two times real hard and I don't go through that third time, it'll go through. And that's typically about three inches. Yep. And that's, that's about my comfort level. That's, that's a good comfort level for me too. Yep. Um, but like you said, having that spud bar there to verify. Cause ice conditions change throughout the whole yep. lake. Or, yep. I mean, even these little ponds around Ankeny, especially around the shorelines, they get eaten up and yep. come in and out. Um, central Iowa, we get a lot of freeze thaw. It's not like the neighbors to the North where it's just, once it's cold, it's cold forever. Um, but I mean, there'll be times in December, well, this past year where yep. all the lakes opened up in at the, on the first week of January and you had to kind of wait it out. And then all of a sudden you started getting decent ice. And then you had some of that old ice that was real good looking ice, real thick ice. And then you had some of that new ice that was still only a couple inches thick, but it was good clear ice. Um, luckily, but yeah, there's, you got to check conditions the whole way across, especially as the season goes on. Everyone focuses on ice safety here early in the year. But it's just as important continuing into the year as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. Hopefully you guys learned a little bit about ice safety with us. Uh, maybe there's some tips or tricks that you didn't didn't know before. Or, you know, if, if you're one of those guys that's trying to get out there and beat the rush, get that first Facebook post of being out on first ice. I hope you're out there yep. using our tips and uh, using a spud bar. Get that first 8-inch crappie posted on Facebook. Absolutely. The yeah. decoy crappie. The decoy crappie. Yeah, go get that that's one. All, all you catch. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and, and another thing too is just take a buddy with you with it whenever possible. Yeah. Um, if you're out on the ice by yourself, um, it's really hard to self rescue yourself and get yep. out. Um, if you have a buddy with you that can throw you a rope or throw you a life jacket, just toss you a line and help pull you out of the, out of the water and get you somewhere warm right away. Yep. That's, that's huge. So Ben, how long ago, um, your experience with ice safety. So when did you really start getting into ice safety? When did you really start being more conscious of it, I guess? Well, you know, when you're young and dumb, getting out there first ice is, is critical and just being a, the first one out there yeah. trumps everything else. And that's, that's a, a dumb way to think about it. Basically. Yep. Um, I've gotten a lot better through the, as the years go by, as we get a little bit older and 
Well, you start to realize your own mortality there a little bit. You're yeah. Invincible after. Yep. After exactly. A certain point. So within the last uh, four or five years. Yeah. Definitely uh, up up the game on the uh, the different technologies and just just tools and awareness um, and also just experience. So if you're a first time ice fisherman, um, don't go out there by yourself on early ice. Yep. You know, without the right equipment. Um, you know, get on Facebook, put a post out there to see if someone will take you out. Geez. Email us if you're around the Ankeny area. We'll take you out yeah. and show you uh, what you need to know, and just just have at least someone with a little bit of know-how. Because if you're out there by yourself, uh, you know you can you can get in, into a lot of trouble. Yep. If you message quick. us on Facebook, bring some Miller lights. You don't yeah, need to bring exactly. anything else. We got everything. We have everything. We got all the gear after need. that. But um, I guess my experience with it a little bit. Um, yeah, when you're young, you're kind of ignorant and dumb, and you don't really safety is not exactly the first thing on my mind. Um, you know, I've got 30 bucks and I yeah. need to put that towards fishing gear rather than picks in a spud bar. Yep. So, I mean, I've, I mean, I've been fishing since I was probably ice fishing since I was at least 14. Um, and it's really probably only been in the last five or six years that I really started making sure that I had that safety equipment. Um, before when we were younger, a couple of us would get together in high school and three of us would get together, lock shoulders, and we'd just jump on the ice and we're like, <laughs> well, if it holds us, it'll hold us. We, I mean, we'd go in a known area. I mean, we're fishing ponds that we fish all year long. Sure. So we'd go in a known area that we know is only knee deep, which still the concept is dumb. I mean, we're still we're willing to take that chance that we'll fall through just in shallow water. It'll still be cold as hell. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'd just kind of lock hands and jump up on it and make sure it would hold us. Otherwise, we'd just drill holes on our way out there. Yeah. Um, and that gives you an idea what the thickness of the ice is, but you're still standing next to that hole while you're digging it. And if it is sketchy and you start rustling around, you get somebody that comes past you, sure. fall right through. You get a little extra two weight on there and go right through. Awesome. Well, let's move on to a little bit of uh, ice season prep, some updates yep. on what we've been working on this week. Um, I know it's been a it's been a busy week. We've had a, a lot of fun getting the podcast up and running and, and all the things that come along with that. But we've also been able to get a few ice fishing items done. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Talk about the quad. Really upped our game this year. Yeah, before we were always uh, pulling, we were always pulling everything out by hand. We were hand, uh, yep, doing everything. Yeah, uh, spent a lot of time dragging the otter around um, out on the ice. Which I have an Otter Pro XT Lodge, which is not their biggest, but their second biggest um, ice fishing shelter, and that gets pretty heavy pulling out. Um, and this year was lucky enough to be talking with my grandpa, and he's letting Brett and I borrow. The use of his uh, 1982 Suzuki Quad Runner, it's a uh, LT125, so just a little about 250 pound unit, yeah. um, two wheel drive only, um, just real light, really just perfect for going out on any of the ice that we're gonna encounter. I'm excited to run that thing. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Get the uh, the homemade windshield on there. Yeah, exactly. You just don't see that kind of. Uh, fabrication yeah if anyone's anymore. running around the ankeny area you'll see us coming from a mile away we got it uh got a test fit yesterday yep uh in the in the black pickup which is an eight foot bed which is good um definitely got to have that to haul all the gear but ran the the quad up in the front um moved it sideways and have it at an angle basically to fit so the so front the- tires are up on the the bed bed rails <laughs> uh strap that baby down and threw the otter in behind it strap that in so We'll be rolling pretty heavy to. Uh, it's going to look like the Beverly Hillbillies as we run to the lake. Yep, that's going to be hilarious. So yeah, you'll see us around coming from a mile away. Oh yeah, you'll see that windshield. Yep, 
yep. fabricated windshield. And uh, I'm a little disappointed that you took the the, the mud flaps off the back, the yeah. pieces of carpet took that were the carpet off the that back. were bolted to the back for. Well, we might end up having to put it back on. You might get too much snow spray off the back tires that it piles up on the back of the otter. Depends on how fast we're going. If we're just bombing across clear, oh, lake, we're gonna then. be bombing. Yeah, everywhere we go, big creek, absolutely. third gear, maxed out yep. everywhere we go. That's what you got to do, right? But we got her all tuned up. We spent the week, uh, spent a night this week going through, changing the oil in it, spark plug, you know, getting it ready for the season, um, test driving it a little bit around the block. First and, pull, that sucker, first yep. pull every time. It amazes me. It, it was machine. it was pretty cold that first day we started it up. Yep. And it, yeah, first pull popped right off. No problems. It's a, it's a cool machine. Pull start, now we don't have to rely on a battery. But but otherwise, we've gotten uh, gotten the otter out. We're actually um, taping this episode inside the otter. So yep. hopefully uh, that sounds okay to you guys. Um, that's going to be kind of our go-to uh, area to, to record in from now on. Hopefully we'll be out on the ice and, and actually yep. recording as we're, as we're ice fishing. I'm pretty excited about the mobile setup we got on. If you're curious about what it looks like, um, check out our Facebook page, Short Rod Show. It'll be uh, our cover photo. Yep. Um, I'm pretty excited for this. Yeah, our yeah, setup mobile is setup. yeah definitely improved. Powering it off the Dewalt battery, everything runs off Dewalt here at the Short Rod Show. Yeah, <laughs> again, if Dewalt is listening, yep, we could use a sponsorship. Absolutely, we have a lot <laughs> of Dewalt stuff. Um, but but really got the outer set up this year, um, had it all cleaned out, basically stored it pretty well over the over the summer months in the storage unit. And just pack the thing full of dryer sheets. So if you yep. guys haven't used that trick before, I saw that a couple of years ago uh, on a forum somewhere and just talking how to keep critters and, and things out of your ice shelter. Yep. Really having just taken new dryer sheets, packing them in everywhere. Well, that's the deal. I mean, you spend so much money on these shelters. I mean, mine is a kind of a base model shelter, and it was still 400 bucks. You hate to put it away, and then you get it back out, and there's... The mice have been using it as a playground for the last five months. Absolutely, that would so just anything an ounce of prevention goes a long ways with keeping the keeping the mice out of your out of your canvas. Yep. Um, yep. What I do with mine is I hoist it up into the into my garage. Did the same deal with the with the dryer sheets, and then it, you know it smells downy fresh when you open it back up that next year. But um, used a kayak hoist and hoisted it up into the rafters, and so hopefully when I get her back down here, maybe this week or next. We'll uh we'll get working on putting the that new rope system on there. Get the rope new, on there. New pull rope system on there, and then um we'll be good to go, ready for first ice. Yeah, excited to try out our new setup this year. Um, just we've basically just been perfecting it. It feels like the last probably three years. Yep. Um, just seeing what works best for us to fish out of, and really between Brett and I, we spend almost equal time fishing out of either my setup or his. Yep. So we have a lot of uh a lot of kind of mobile setups you know like backpacks to haul gear in that we can either hey we're fishing out of yours tonight i'll grab you know a couple key items and away we yep. go well now we got to find a spot for this podcast equipment yeah we got to try to test fit <laughs> that in the eskimo um it's pretty pretty cool setup so yeah, i don't know if i have much more to add ben wow that's a pretty good episode then yeah like we'll, we'll call it a wrap so uh, if you guys haven't been please go over to our website at shortrodshow.com uh, check us out there. That's that's really growing. We have a uh, email list you can get signed up for for updates, um, and we're really trying to promote our our podcast and get this out to to people to to see what they think. Um, yep. You Where know, can you find us at Ben? You can find us all over the internet, as, <laughs> as Brett said, all over. Uh, we are on 
uh, Facebook at Short Ride Show. You can go and just search Short Ride Show there. Um, we have a good page set up uh, for, to follow along with updates. And then we're also on all of your major podcasting platforms. So I know we've gotten a couple questions on how to listen in on if you have an Android device. Um, that'd be Stitcher, uh, Podbean, um, and also on Spotify now. Yep. Uh, but also on Apple Podcasts. That's been really popular. Yep. A good way to find us. And uh, like what, what Brett was saying, we want to try and do episodes every week, get you guys on a, a good schedule of regularly updated podcasts so you can follow along with us on current ice conditions, You know, yep. just follow along on what we're doing this winter. Um, and we have all intentions. We'll be out on the ice uh, recording just like this uh, with our mobile setup. So yep. it's pretty cool. That's our intention once ice is ready to roll. And we're on, we can be out on the ice on a weekly basis is giving ice condition updates, yep. giving bite updates, um, and kind of give a general area on what kind of water we're hitting and uh, what fish we're finding. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening in to this episode of The Short Rod Show.